In Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13, we read, And they were bringing children to him, him being Jesus, that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. You know, God does stuff on purpose. You know that, right? He designed us for a specific reason and for a specific purpose, I believe. Humans, especially when they're born, if you think about it, they're the one species in all of the animal kingdom or all of creation where it's a long time until they can do something for themselves. Have you noticed that? They are completely dependent on someone else. If they're hungry, they better hope that they have someone there to feed them. If they need shelter, they better hope that there's someone there to provide them shelter. All the basic essentials in order for that little child to survive is completely and 100% totally dependent on another. You can't tell a kid to go up and go to the fridge to go get something to eat. You can't tell a kid to do anything. And it has absolute trust in the one who provides what it needs. 100%, because it has no other choice. You track in with that? You understand what's being communicated in that? So we flip over to John, and we read the words of Jesus here. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Just as we as human beings, if you don't eat food, you're going to die. If you don't drink water, you're going to die. I believe that was also on purpose to communicate a certain thing, that physically we need food and we need water in order to live. And that passage that Jesus is giving is a beautiful representation of that we need him. We need to consume him. We need something outside of us to sustain us. And that something outside of us is Jesus Christ. He sustains us. He keeps us going. Without him, we are toast. And in the same way that a child is dependent on a parent to feed it, we are the children of God depending on him to feed us Jesus Christ. And that is good news because there are some times when a baby don't feel like eating. And there are some times when a baby don't feel like being in a good mood. But that is independent of what the parent 
gives it. The parent is still going to feed the child regardless of how the child is feeling. The parent is still going to do things for the child because it is the parent, because there is love outside of that child. And I need to know that because there are times, there are sometimes when I don't feel like wanting God, when I don't feel like in, being in a good mood, where I'm not happy and joyful and singing his praises, and, but I still need him. And I'm so thankful that his love for me is independent of my feelings towards him. I need that. That is such good news. And as the men come forward, I want you to listen to this, to what is in this. This isn't just something that we just do just for kicks. Since, since Jesus instituted the table, it was for a specific purpose and specific reason. A gift to you, something outside of you that you need and that is independent of your feeling towards it. This is not a work that we do for God. This is a work that God is doing for us. It is his gift to us, not our gift to him. Oh, we're remembering him. Yes, of course. But it's more than just simple remembrance. It is the body and blood of the Lord for you for the forgiveness of sins. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. What is the benefit of eating and drinking? These words, these words are the benefit. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Shows us that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Well, how can bodily eating and drinking these things do, do such great things? Certainly not. Just eating and drinking do these things. But the words, the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with the bodily eating and drinking, are the main thing in the table. Because whoever believes these words have exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you, that you invite us to your table. Yes. That, you, that you specifically invited and came and invited us to you, Lord. To sustain us, Lord. To provide us, yourself. And just as children, Lord, we come to you today totally dependent that you'll provide for us exactly what we need. And what exactly what we need is you, Jesus. And thank you that you give yourself to us. Not because we're faithful to you, but because you're faithful to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
do a wonderful job. Hallelujah. That summer, I was there the day she was born in Norwich, England, and her father is quite a comedian. His name is uh, Mark, and 
he, they were trying to get a name for her, and they couldn't get a name for her, having great difficulty. Well, he, we were in the room with his mother, and he come and told us this name. Can you remember the name yet? We're trying to remember, eh? Gertrude, or some really off-the-wall name he was going to give this beautiful little girl. And he told us, this nurse has been so kind to Sharon and so good to her that we are going to name the baby after her. And she had some off-the-wall name, but thank God she got the name Summer. So her last name is Hollinger, so oftentimes I'll maybe call her Summer Holiday. But she is a blessing, and her, and her brother, uh, Aaron, Come up here, quick, Aaron. Run, run, Aaron. This is our brother. And he was the longest time, he was shorter than me. Can you believe that? And then God blessed him. And uh, he's a lovely boy, and he's a desire for the work of the Lord. And uh, he, who knows, he might end up here in a, maybe some type of scholarship to, to study uh, the things that would further the work of the Lord. So. This is Aaron, and uh, he's single. Bless you, Aaron. I love you, man. Hallelujah. Great to be here today. Great to be with the family. Great to be with this wonderful family here, every one of you. We're so thankful. Wow, somehow, that was absolutely awesome. Beautiful. Hallelujah. You know... I love to sing about the cross, and I love to hear somebody else sing about the cross. And I love to share communion, which points us always to the cross, because it's at the cross where it all began. It's through the cross that you and I are here today, and it's through the cross that you and I have an eternity. But not just an eternity, but it's through the cross that you and I have a tomorrow. And I'm so thankful for that because Jesus continues to be faithful to each and every one of us. And I want you to remember that this morning. Well, I'm not the preacher. I've just been asked at the last minute, jumped on, but not taken advantage of because I do love to sing every opportunity I have. So uh, just see what happens. Okay. All right. The Bible says that in the beginning God stood in the stillness and he spoke his creative words, let there be light. He made the oceans and the seas and the land and with his fingers traced courses for the rivers. He made the mountains to stand tall and still, but then a slight trace of sadness came into his eyes as he looked towards a small lonely hill and he said let us make man in our own image and give him dominion over all we will walk together 
in the cool of the evening and I'll help him if he should fall but I want him to love me because he really wants to and walk with me by his own will but then a slight trace of sadness came back into his eyes as he looked towards that small lonely hill then late one evening God came to the garden and he began to call out Adam Adam, Adam where art thou? the birds had hushed singing in the garden there was silence you could sense it that something had died but God said I love him and I shadow on that hillside appeared for a man hung the dying crying I thirst and God turned his face from that small lonely hill now I thank God for his rivers and I thank him for his mountains and his heavens I I walk into that city where the angels all praise him. There I'll thank him for that small
what can one say to these things? If he had that beautiful voice, my good looks, and my personality, that man could go far. Thank you, Alan. I've had to follow in his footsteps for over 40 years. He broke my father-in-law's heart when he asked for hands, hand in marriage. Serious, he cried for days. So that made it harder for the rest of us. So when I come up behind as one of the last ones, his answer to me when I said, Pastor John, Maggie and I would like to get married. And he looked at me. He must have remembered the day that Alan came to him. He must have remembered that time when he had the broken heart. And he looked at me and he said these words. I wouldn't even think about it. <laughs> and he sent me on my way. Next time I went to him, I asked him a similar question. About a year later, and he said, look, I told you, I wouldn't even consider it. So that was twice I asked him. The third time I got Maggie to ask him. <laughs> <clears throat> We've been happily married for the last 40 years. It took me five years to overcome her dad. He realized that he wanted something better, but God had me in store for Maggie. Maggie. So I'm a gift from God to you, dear. Beginning, beginning to sound like the Reverend Newman. <laughs> Praise God. It's good to see you this morning. Turn in your Bibles with me to Daniel 3. As I indicated earlier, I was telling how that many of us have looked to the generation before us or different people as examples for us to help us to come to where we are today. The title of my message this morning, and I want you all to listen because it spoke to me. The message, the title I had for today is God is able. Yes, amen. God yeah. is able. Many of us try to do things in our own strength. Many of us try to get ourselves out of muddles or problems or difficulties, yeah. and we try it in our own strength. Yeah. And when we've tried everything else, yeah. then we'll bow the knee and we'll pray and we'll ask God. Yeah. Let me encourage you this morning, why go through all that stuff on your own when my God is able? And he's able to bring you through any valley. Yes. He's able to bring you through your lowest valley, no matter what the problem is or how difficult it is. He is able. Daniel 3, 13. But before we come to 13, the scripture tells us how King Nebuchadnezzar built a huge statue of himself because he was insecure. And he wanted everybody to come and bow down and worship his statue because of his lack of confidence in himself and of his position. It was built in the plains of Dura, in the province of Babylon. He proclaimed, he ordered, that whenever they heard the music, they had to bow down, no exceptions. Nobody was accepted. Everybody, when they heard the music, 
they had to bow down and they had to worship his statue. Most people were on board with that as they wanted to please and to honor the king. But there was three men that stood out and their names was Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And of course, there is always somebody ready to spill the beans. How many people in your life have come and they've been ready to spill the beans and to spoil it for you? They weren't looking for trouble. They weren't looking to, to have any big fuss. They were happy and content in what they were doing. They had been given a position by the king because Daniel had, had uh, interpreted his dream. But there's always somebody, listen to me now, ready to spill the beans. Probably thinking he was going to score bonus points with the king. Have you ever been at work and somebody tells behind you, I had it even in the army when I was growing up, people would tell tales on you and you'd find yourself in trouble and then you had to suffer the consequences. There's always somebody ready to, to get you into trouble. The king was enraged and he bought, brought the three men and he liked the three men because he had put them in places of, of authority. Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego. I often say Meshach, Shadrach and Abungalow because you forget but it's Abednego. Is it true that you do not serve, he said to them, my gods, or worship my golden image, which I have set up. I'm going to give you, because he loved them, he wanted to give them the opportunity to get off with the sentence. I'm going to give you one more chance. When you hear the music, you fall down and worship the image that I have made. But if you do not, you will be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Can your God, he tempted them and teased them, can your God deliver you from that? That was his question. Can your God do more for you than my gods can do and what I can do? Let's read uh, from, from Daniel 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this manner. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But, if not, but, they said, if not, but if God doesn't deliver us, but let it be known to you, O king. They were confidence, not in themselves, but they were confidence in their God. And that's what I want all of us to have this, mom, uh, this morning, not a confidence in what we can do, but a confidence yeah. in our God and the God that we serve. He said, let it be known, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. I love this part, when they say with confidence, you see, our God, my God, 
your God is able. I want to tell you today that whatever you're going through, now listen to me. You might be sitting there, well, I'm a few dollars short of paying my car payment or this and that. There are people in here that have got life-threatening illnesses. And they don't depend on their strength. They don't depend on themselves. They depend on their God. You see, because they know and they've known through history and time, just like you saw Summer put all her heart into that song today, she has been brought up in the church. She's been brought up with her parents, who are strong Christian people, to believe what she was singing about. She looks at her grandparents and her uncles and her aunts and our great uncles, who we all have been brought up in the church. You see, it's Jesus that makes a difference in our lives. And it's Jesus that gives us the strength that we need to pass every day. And it's Jesus that I need to hold on to. I can't do nothing in my own strength, but only in him. And I want to encourage you this morning, maybe you're on the fence a little bit. Maybe you've come to church. It's all right for my mom and dad, but they don't have to face what I face. Let me tell you, no matter what you're facing today, let me encourage you this morning to put your trust and your faith in the Lord. I want to tell you, whatever you're going through today, I have problems. I have difficulties, the same as everybody else. But there are, more, there are people here today that have got more problems and difficult things in me, but they can turn to the same person as I turn to, and his name is Jesus, to bring us through and to bring us out, and to bring us out, not any old way, but wonderfully victorious in Jesus' name. Our God, let me tell you three words, our God is able, four words. In the early years of our lives, of their lives, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, their parents and their grandparents had taught them about the delivering power of God. That's where they got their confidence from. They knew they were brought up to know God. And they were brought up to know the power of God. Just like when you come into here on a Sunday morning. I don't want you just coming in to have your ears tickled or listen to a few songs. And, and the songs are very important because they prepare your heart. They prepare us to receive what God has for, for us this morning. God put this message on my heart for somebody today. He put this message on my heart for me, for this week, because I needed this message. And when I speak, I like to speak from what I've experienced myself. I often bring, when I minister, stories from my own life, stories that I have experienced myself, stories that I have confidence in. I know I was that soldier. I've been through that experience. I know someone that has gone through that experience. And let me tell you how to get through. Let me tell you this morning how to overcome. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it by your own means. The only thing you can do it with is having the Lord on your side and through his strength. Yes, we all have difficulties. And unfortunately, if I could, there was somebody this week I can't remember who it was now because I, I do all different things. But I said, well, if, I could, if I could do it for you, I would. And I would. If I could write a check for you this morning to help you out here, I would do it. 
gladly. But you see, it's not in me. It's in Jesus. And that's who I want to point you to this morning. I always remember Pastor John in a service. The Holy Spirit was moving in a mighty way. And this man came up to him and he says, listen, he says, I want what you've got. And he says, well, I'm not, you can't have what I have, but I can point you in the direction where you can receive it from. Because I need all that I have for myself. And we all need it. We all need the Lord to give us the strength to carry on. And they had been taught the delivering power of God. They heard how God parted the Red Sea for their ancestors. He parted the sea with the wind. How he set a table in the wilderness and fed the children with manna and quail. They'd have these stories like I'm telling you today, like you hear today, the messages that you get, <coughs> the, the tes testimonies that you get, <coughs> that you hear. He even struck a rock and water came out. Let me strike the rock and the water will come out. I love that man. I married that man over 30 years ago. Do you still love me? Okay, just checking. The same God that caused the walls of Jericho to come dumbling down, that's what gave them the confidence to know that the same God who delivered their ancestors is the same God that is able, the same God that is able to deliver them. That's why it's important for us to pass on to our children, our grandchildren, what God has done for us. It's important. God has given you the, the joy of having a child. It's important that we pass on to them the secrets that have brought us through and brought us on. You think the Bible says to train a child up in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. It's not idle time that you're spending when you're training your children up and you correct them when they need corrected. I don't mean being cruel to them, but I mean when you correct them and you, and you point them in the right, right direction. One day they'll thank you. Yes. One day they'll appreciate yeah. and they'll realize themselves. They might not appreciate you when you're giving them instruction or whatever you're doing. They might not appreciate it at that time, but down the line they will. I see my own children doing things that we did. When we were bringing them up, they're now doing it to their children. And that's a compliment. Hallelujah. This, the, we were talking yesterday by chance that you can't put an old, I can't even remember what we were talking about, an old head on young shoulders. And you can't. That's true, you can't. But we can have an impact on their lives by sharing what God has done for us. He has done great things for us. Amen? amen? Can I hear amen? Can I hear you shaking your head? Hear your brains moving. There is so much peer pressure on our youth today. It takes a lot of courage for them to stand up and proclaim what is right. In our lives, it takes us a lot of courage to stand up sometimes when people are disputing what you're saying, it takes courage 
to stand up and say what is right. I can only encourage you to speak life into your grandchildren and your children. And for that matter, anyone else that you meet or you speak to, you encourage them in the direction. They, they, they might not understand what you're talking about. They might not, might not believe what you're saying. But it's not so much as you say, there's a lady here today. I think she's knowing what I'm going to say. I took her father's funeral service. And at his service, I said these words. I've said it before. I said, R.T. Patterson. He was the best preacher I ever saw. And you know, I never heard him speak one message. He didn't preach one message. You know why he was the greatest preacher I ever saw? Because he lived the life. And I saw in his life something that I would want. He wasn't a big man. He was a little bit shorter than me. But something that I would want to look up to and have in my heart and in my life. And I really meant that. Some people could talk the talk, but they're not walking the walk. And I encourage you today not only just to talk the talk, but more so to walk the walk so that people could see in your life that there's something different in you and which will give them the desire not to look to you as a person, but to look what's making you different. What makes you changed? Born again, there's really been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. Born again and all because of Calvary. I'm glad. I'm glad I've been born again. We remember whatever situation that you find yourself in, you'll remember the words of faith that God brought you through. It's faith in God that this brings us through. Always remember what Zach's mom told me when I first met her. And I thought it was a little bit strange at first. She is, you're not strange, Patsy, but she's a southern girl, been brought up in a Baptist church, been in the same church apart from here for how many, 54? A long time. <laughs> it was over 50 years she was in the same church. She had a tremendous faith in God, her and her lovely husband. And they give birth to Zach. And if I had seen him with all these tattoos and everything, I don't know what I'd let him marry my, marry my daughter, Bonnie, but he got through. He camouflaged himself up with long sleeves all through the summer. And that's another lesson, not to judge a book by its cover. Amen? Praise the Lord, because I have been blessed with two wonderful, godly, precious son-in-laws. And Patsy met me, and she said to me these words. And Zach had just come back from Iraq at the time. And she said, I would have rather had him, how did you put it? I would rather have him in the streets of Iraq with God in his life than in the streets of Atlanta with him not knowing God. Similar to that words. And Zach was blown up in Iraq and he got some damage in his hearing and different things. But uh, he was a good old Marine, I'll tell you, he did well. And it's good to have him back with us. But that was Patsy's heart, you see. She knew that he needed, he needed God in his life. And she would rather him be facing danger in Iraq 
with God in his life than being in this, I don't know if it's safe in the streets of Atlanta, but maybe the streets of Swanee if, if, with, without God in his life. That's Dottie and Patsy's story. And God brought Zach through and he brought him to us. But one of my favorite stories is when the king, going back to the story of the Bible, when the king looked into the fiery furnace, he said to the people around him, there's a fourth man in the fire. There wasn't only Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. There was a fourth man in the fire. And the fire was so hot that the people that put them into the fiery furnace, it killed them instantly. And here they were in the fiery furnace, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And there was a fourth man with them in the heat. Whatever you're going through today, whatever heat you feel, whatever trouble you're in, let me encourage you, you're not alone. There's a fourth man with you. Just like there was for them in the fiery furnace, in your trouble and in your trial, there's a fourth man with you, and his name is Jesus. And you're not going to go through your trouble alone. He will be with you. He's standing with them in the midst of the fire, just like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, God is with you. Our God is able this morning. Our God is able. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, confidence was not in themselves. Their confidence was in their God. Not their own strength, but in God's. Where is your confidence this morning? Ask yourself that question. Where are you allowing your confidence to be? Let me encourage to put your confidence in God this morning. Put your trust in him. Our God is able. He is able to do above and beyond. Would the brethren team come forward? Whatever we can ask or think. There was a song that was written, I'm going on. One of our cousins wrote it, towards the mark, towards my home. So many lives. Listen to me, each of you. You might think you're insignificant, and it doesn't matter what you do or what you say. But let me tell you today, so many lives are dependent on what you do. I'm going on. I'm going on, my Lord. I'm going on for you. This morning, just in the closing moments of this service, I know that we all need the Lord. And I would like to pray for you today, and as a team, play softly. If you have a need in your life, whatever you find it or whatever you may be, I'm not asking you to put your confidence in me or to any fancy prayer that I might give or the reality of knowing whom my trust is in. And it's not in me. My trust is in Jesus Christ. And I want you this morning to put your confidence and your trust in the Lord. And every Christian, I want you to be praying right now.
if you've got a need in your life, whatever it may be, maybe you're walking the fence. Maybe you've never expected Jesus into your heart and your life. Maybe you need a financial miracle. Maybe you need a healing in your body. I don't know, but God knows. And my God is able. I'll say it again. My God is able to meet you wherever you are. And it says, where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst and there to bless. Therefore, he's here with us this morning and he's here with us to bless us. He's not here to spend an idle hour with us, but he's here to bless you. He's here to minister to you. He's here to speak to your heart, to witness to you. So as the men sing softly, if you've got a need in your heart or life, just raise your hand right now. I'd love to pray with you. Amen. I see your hands. Are there any more? Yes, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I'm going to call this week that he's one of his twins, Faith. He's diagnosed with cancer and lymph nodes. Who does he turn to? He called me up and he, he told me that his trust was in the Lord. And he's looking for a good report. He's going to believe the report of the Lord. So let's be praying for Kay this week. Hallelujah. Paul's hands are raised high because he can't do anything in his strength. Jerry Barr. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Our God is able this morning. Amen. I see you. I see you. Amen. Jesus can meet your need. He can bring you out. He can touch you in life. He can turn it, everything around for you. Hallelujah. This morning, you're not here by chance today. Yes. Amen. I see your hand. He can clear your lungs. He can make you breathe well. Once again, he can set you wonderfully free. Amen. Bless you. Whatever need you have, whoever you have in your heart this morning, amen, I see all your hands. Our God is able this morning. He is truly able. Hallelujah. Gwen, we're looking for that completed miracle that God has started in your life. Michael, for bringing you through the experiences that you've had. We're grateful. We're thankful this morning. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for what he's done in my heart, in my life. And if you just raise your hands, every Christian prayer, you folks should raise your hands. Raise them one more time and I'm going to pray. Father, I'm grateful for the congregation this morning. I thank you for your word that encourages to look to you, Lord, and to have confidence in you and realize afresh, Lord, today that you're able and to realize afresh, Lord, no matter what fiery circumstance we find ourselves in, that you are there. You are there, right there with us. You're here, right with us, and we can turn to you to meet our every need. Father, I'm grateful for your presence here today. I'm grateful for everything that's been said and done in the uplifting of your wonderful name. Lord, you're able this morning. I pray that you'll meet every need for Gail and Wanda, our home, Lord Jesus. We just pray that you'll raise them up and you'll take away all the pain that they may have in their bodies. For my son-in-law, John, Lord Jesus, I pray. I pray for him, Lord, right now. That you'll touch him, Lord Jesus whatever he is need of. I ask you, Lord, to meet his need right now in Jesus' name. Amen.
Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and give His radiant smile always shine on you. Put your prayer requests in for Tuesday and just be uplifted and be encouraged today that the Lord is going to see you through. Not any old way, but wonderfully victorious. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Bless you. Hallelujah.